podcast. I am your host, Brianna Shelnut, and I'm joined by the amazing, the lovable, the four foot eleven <laughs> Nesca. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I know you guys cannot tell by our voices, but me and right. Nessa are, are very petite, very short women. We are. That was just brought to our attention. And a lot of people don't really realize it because we're proportionate. Yes. Until you stand right next to someone. And then you realize, man, this person's a dwarf. Exactly. Everyone's <laughs> like, whoa, bro, are, are you always that short? I'm like, yep, I've been this height <laughs> my whole since life. like fifth grade. That's right. <laughs> um, for those who know us, you know. But for the yes. ones who don't and who are just now tuning in, just thought we'd drop that little tidbit, that little fun fact for you. Yep. Fun fact. Yeah. We're shorties. Yes. And the people who are with us. Previous two episodes are actually very tall people. Yes, yes. So. They're they're both they both clear six foot. Yeah, I think. So yeah. when we hug them goodbye, it was it was very awkward. If you can <laughs> <laughs> We're kidding. Um, we we had so much fun with Missy and David um, yes. last week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, this week it is just me and Nessa, yes. and we are bringing you a good word today, mm-hmm. aren't we, Nessa? Oh yeah. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna talk about obedience yes. and disobedience. Um, yes. We kind of touched on it a little bit last week um, when we talked about tormenting spirits and what it looks like to be walking in unforgiveness. But this week, we are going to talk about one of the best Bible stories, and I I think very entertaining. Something that people don't really give the Bible enough credit for is that the Bible is very entertaining. It It does not. It has, like, everything you could ever want. It really does. It does (laughs) not need any help. Um, No. (laughs) I've never seen The Chosen, but, like, I I think that the Bible is, like, dramatized enough for me. Like, it's it's definitely entertaining enough for me. It's, It's exciting. It's funny. I do laugh out loud when I read my Bible, and I'm not just saying that to be Christian. I'm saying that because I really do. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it has war. It has love. It has it does. sacrifices. Conflict. It it's, has everything. It, it's like, great. <laughs> it, it really is. It's so good. So open your Bibles. Yes. <laughs> but we are happy to be here today. We yes. are going to be reading in first. We're going to be jumping around Samuel a little bit. Yeah. So we'll be jumping around from First Samuel ten to fifteen to sixteen. Um, we're mainly going to talk about Saul being anointed by God. And mm-hmm. then Saul losing the anointing of God and David being anointing, anointed king. Yeah. And we have not talked about David yet. No, we haven't. Somehow we are, what, 15 episodes in and we have not talked about David. Um, we like to keep things fresh for y'all. Yes, we do. <laughs> so let's get into it. Are you let's, excited? I am excited. All right, let's get into it. The Bible's pumped. always exciting, so. Yes, it is. It is always Every exciting. Every Wednesday is a good day. It is. And it's our living and breathing word. Yes. All right, so let's get into it. Um, do you have First Samuel 10? Yes, I do. Okay, let's, let's read how he was anointed first. All right. Um, we, we won't read every passage, otherwise we'll be here forever. Oh, yeah, for sure. But what I do want to kind of touch on is that Israel really wanted a king. Yeah. That's kind of the backstory with, um, this, with this passage, with Saul, how Saul comes about. Israel really wanted a king, and Samuel was the prophet at the time. The main prophet, Um, Samuel, was born out of Hannah, who really wanted a child, and he was dedicated to the Lord, and he became the Lord's servant in the Lord's servant's house. So that's where we pick up with Samuel, and the Israelites were begging Saul, uh, were begging Samuel for a king because. 
their reasoning is basically, and you can go back and read it. I definitely encourage you to read the story. It's incredible. For sure. But their reasoning was all the nations around us have kings. Why and don't we? Why don't we yeah. have king? How can I afford to feed all these babies? Yeah. <laughs> How can we do all these things? That's because, a quote from Bluey. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> we have children, <laughs> as y'all know. But yes, so everyone is just, they're begging Samuel for a king. So um, Samuel goes to the Lord and he asks, Please tell me who the next king of Israel will be. Yeah. Um, help me anoint someone to be the king. So that's the backstory. That's where we're going to kind of pick yeah. up. Um, it's kind of funny. The Bible kind of makes Saul not sound like a nobody. He wasn't a nobody, but he wasn't super special. Like the Bible kind of really just describes him as kind of tall. <laughs> like yeah. there's a passage where they're like, he towers above the others. Yeah. <laughs> like, so he was just kind of tall and, yep. you know, a good warrior. But um, as you guys, if you read the passage, you'll kind of see that Saul was very impulsive. He was yeah. a very impulsive, not bloodthirsty but he he definitely liked war you know he liked war he liked fighting yeah so okay <laughs> that's the backstory i'll stop talking let's read the word <laughs> let's do it so first samuel 10 saul made king starts at verse 9 let's do it so that's where we'll start as saul turned to leave samuel god changed saul's heart and all these signs were fulfilled that day when he and his servant arrived in Giba, a procession of prophets met him the spirit of god came powerfully upon him and he joined in their prophesying. When all those had formerly known him, as, known him, saw him prophesying with the prophets, they asked each other, what is this that has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? A man who lived there answered, and who was their father? So it became a saying, is Saul also among the prophets? After Saul saw, stopped prophesying, he went to the high place. Now Saul's uncle asked him and his servant, where have you been? Looking for donkeys, he said. But when he saw they were not to be found, we went to Samuel. Saul's uncle said, tell me what Samuel said to you. Saul replied, he assured us that the donkeys had been found, but he did not tell his uncle what Samuel had said about his kingship. Samuel summoned the people of Israel to the Lord, to the Lord at Mizpah and said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel said, I brought Israel up out of Egypt and I delivered you from the power of Egypt and all the kingdoms that oppressed you. But you have now rejected your God who saves you out of all your disasters and calamities. And you have said, no, appoint a king over us. So now present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and clans. When Samuel had all Israel come forward by tribes, the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. Then he brought forward the tribe of Benjamin, clan by clan, and Martai, Matri's? Yes. Matri's clan <laughs> was taken. <laughs> Finally, Saul, of, Saul, son of Kish, was taken. But when they looked for him, he was not to be found. So they inquired further of the Lord. Has the man come here yet? And the Lord said, yes, he has hidden himself among the supplies. They ran and brought him out. And as he stood among the people... He was a head taller than any of the others. There it is. See, the tall thing. Like, the Bible points out that he was tall. So, that's important, I guess. <laughs> Makes a good king. <laughs> Samuel said to all the people, Do you see the man the Lord has chosen? There is no one like him among all the people. Then the people shouted, Long live the king! Samuel, Samuel explained it to the people the rights and duties of kingship. He wrote them down on a scroll and deposited before the Lord. 
Then Samuel dismissed the people to go to their own homes. Saul also went to his own home in Gibeah, accompanied by valiant men whose hearts God had touched. But some scoundrels <laughs> said, how can this fellow save us? They despised him and brought him no gifts, but Saul kept silent. So it's just an interesting way to become king. Like I said, it's very like, okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> why was he hiding? Right. Why did he not want to be king? Was a whole thing. <laughs> why did God choose him like that? Yes, it was an entire whole thing. So... God did not want to give Israel a king, but the people asked for it, and God is a loving father, and he said, okay, here's what's going to happen. Your king is going to take your women and children and make them miserable, and you're going to be miserable too, but if you want it, here you go. I feel like that's a good example for how things are today. God may not approve of every single thing, but he will allow you to do do what you want and do your thing and just let you reap the consequences later. Yeah. So that's interesting. So Saul becomes king. The people love him. Um, Saul is great. He's a magnificent warrior. He chases the Philistines. He defeats many armies. And unfortunately, his reign under the protection of God is cut short, very short. Mm -hmm. It's almost comical how short he has the favor of God and then loses it. Yep. So in verse 10, he's anointed to be king. And in verse 15, the Lord rejects him. Yes. So um, we, I, I won't read the entire passage. Um, like I said before, if you guys want to go back and read the story, go ahead and read the story. It's really good. I promise it's worth it. And that's in 15. Yeah, this is yes. verse 15 where God rejects Saul. Yeah. Um, but I'll hop around and explain um, what happens in the story. So there are there's this tribe of people called the Amalekites. Amalekites. Let's try Amalekites. Let's go with that one. Yes. And um, the Lord Almighty says, I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel when they waylaid them as they came in from Egypt. Now go, and he's talking to Saul here, Mm -hmm. now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them, put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep and camels and donkeys. Mm. So basically Saul summons all the men, Um, He goes and he goes to destroy them and he attacks them. But what happens is he takes their king, um, Agog or Agag. He takes him alive and he destroys all his people. But he spares the king and he spares the best of the sheep and cattle, the fat cows, the lambs, everything that was good. The Bible says these they were unwilling to destroy completely. But everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. Mm. So. Wow. Saul disobeys. Yeah. Instead of killing everything like God requested, he spares the king's life and takes him prisoner, and he takes all of their best things. So all, yeah. all the first he takes for himself. It's like he's taking what will benefit him. Yes, exactly. And taking a spoil of war. Yeah. And so... Um, the uh, verse 10 says, then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I have made Saul king because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Samuel was angry and he cried out to the Lord all night. So then Samuel goes out to meet with Saul and he says, um, he Samuel asks about all the cows that they have and all the lambs and all that stuff. He's like, what is this? And he, Saul answers him and he says, the soldiers brought them from the Amalekites. They spared the best of the sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God, but we totally destroyed the rest. Mm-hmm. 
And then Samuel is angry and he says, enough. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Mm -hmm. Although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel and he sent you on a mission saying, go and completely destroy those wicked people. Wage war against them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? And uh, Saul replies, but I did obey the Lord. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agog, their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gigal. Isn't it funny how when we're in disobedience, we try to turn it into a good thing? Yeah, like but try God, to justify try it. Try to justify <laughs> it. God, I did it in your name. I did it for you. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's just disobedience. It's yep. just plain disobedience. It is. So Samuel replies to him, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? Mm. To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams, for rebellion is like the sin of divination divination and arrogance like the evil of idolatry because you have rejected the word of the lord he has rejected you as king mm-hmm. that's some powerful compromise or comparisons <laughs> yes that is rebellion is like the sin of divinity um that is intense yeah we see a lot of rebellion Yes. In this day and age, rebellion against self, rebellion against the wisdom of God, rebellion against our world. We see a lot of it. And really, it's the it's the thought that I can do better than God and I know better than God. Have you ever been caught in the sin of rebellion? Um, I'm sure I would call it rebellion as a teenager for sure. Because like you said, it's you thinking that you know better or you can do it better than God can. And you can't. You cannot. <laughs> and God is very clear. Like, yeah. it's a sin of disobedience. Yeah. And simply because Saul decided to go his own way, he completely lost the favor and completely lost the anointing that God had just given him. Yep. And even though he was a beloved king, even though he was successful in battles, like, from this moment forward, it, the Lord rejected him as king. And it's crazy. And I also like how it says an arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Now, for those who have not been in Sunday school for a minute and have not heard the Ten Commandments in a (laughs) while, one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not have any idols. Yeah. And God is comparing arrogance, pride, Mm -hmm. to the sin of idolatry. Did you know your pride can get in the way and cause you to be in disobedience? If you feel, like we were saying before, if you feel like, oh, I know better. I know what's best for my life. I know what my feelings are saying. I know what what I think I should have and what I should be doing better than God. That is a sin. You are walking in sin. Um, And it's not something that's talked about really. And I know we kind of talk about pride comes before the fall, but it truly does. Even having an arrogant spirit is like the sin of idolatry. It's like the evil of idolatry. Right. Which is crazy. It's very crazy. And that just shows that this whole kingship was just a selfish kingship. Mm -hmm. And Saul did what he wanted to do. He did. I feel like based on the first passage that we read he really didn't even want to be king Mm -hmm. and so he was hiding and yet the people just 
here you are. I don't even think he wanted to be king. No, so he's maybe, very, it was a very random thing. Yeah. Or it sounded random. <laughs> so maybe even in because of that, he just was like, I'm going to do whatever I want. Right. Even because, though in this scripture, he's like, but I did it for for sacrifices mm -hmm. and I did it for you, Jesus. And I did it for the Lord. It's like, okay, well, did you, was that really for the Lord or was it for you? <laughs> and exactly. was it for your, um, uh, was it for you to be elevated instead yeah. of God being elevated? Um, and even, uh, even taking spoils of war yeah. was a culture thing. Yeah. God did not tell him to do that. He was really just responding and reacting within his culture yeah. and within what the world would have expected him to do. Right. Whew. That's Let good. that sink in, y'all. So what are we doing now? That is. What we just do. In rebellion. Yeah. But. Oh, the culture Everyone does, does it. it. Yeah. Everyone does it. It's expected of me. It's not far-fetched to do this, to do this or to think this way or to be this way. How many of us are just simply in rebellion? Yeah. And instead of listening to what God has to say to us and what God's word has said, we just instead go through the motions and completely disregard any of God's opinions or any of how God feels about it and instead just go with what we know. Yeah. Whew. That's good. Powerful stuff, y'all. Super powerful. Um, the end of the story, and the story ends um, this way. Yeah. Um, Samuel and Saul have an, not an altercation, but they have a, a conversation regarding where so, um, Samuel has to tell Saul, hey, the Lord has rejected you as king. Yeah. Like, you have been disobedient. You have not obeyed what he said. And he has completely rejected you. And Saul cries out and asks and begs for forgiveness, but it's too late. God has already left Saul at this point. Yes. And Samuel has to say, it says to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to you, given it to one of your neighbors, to one better than you. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind for he is not a human being that he should change his mind. And, um, Samuel ends up having to kill the king and yeah. finish the job that Saul right. did not finish. Yes. And so that's where we leave Saul. And yes. we pick up with David. David. Now, we all know David. Yeah. We all know <laughs> the story. But what you may not know is that it takes a really long time for David to get to Goliath. Yeah, it does. It takes a long time for him to get to Goliath. It takes a long time for him to get to be king. And it takes a really long time for even to get to Bathsheba. <laughs> like right. His, his but he's just known for, like, these right. little parts. Yeah. But... You know, it's, it's don't a realize whole, that it takes so It's long. a whole yep. story. It's a lot of time that goes in between yep. from the anointing of the little boy, the little shepherd <laughs> boy to him being a teenager defeating Goliath to him right. becoming king. He's on the run for like forever. <laughs> <laughs> and then he finally becomes king. And it's 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 an amazing story. Go check it out. Seriously, you guys. We can only hop around, but go check it out. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> So, um, uh, Samuel has a mourning period of Saul. Yes. And he, and then the Lord sends him to Jesse of Bethlehem. Yes. And of course the Lord tells him, I've chosen one of his sons to be king. And then, um, so Samuel does what he, what he's told and he, you know, meets the sons. Um, if you, if you haven't read this story, um, Jesse has seven sons, mm -hmm. Jesse has seven sons. And then, um, 
Samuel constantly thinks that one of the, you know, better looking, taller sons, because that was a very big deal back then, you had to be good looking and tall, um, <laughs> uh, that they're going to be king. But the Lord corrects him and, of course, says. And I think they didn't want David yeah, they just in the line. It. So he wasn't even in the line. No, they didn't so, even invite him to the dinner. Yeah. Like Samuel is a pretty big deal, y'all. Like Samuel's a prophet. Everybody yeah. knows who Samuel is. So the fact that they all had a lunch and a dinner without him. Yeah. And they, they knew just like, let him be out in the, they did. They didn't even, the sheep. They didn't even call him. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it really, it really be your old family. Yep. <laughs> they didn't even call him. <laughs> but the Lord was looking out for him. Yep. So something to consider. Um, when you're in obedience to God, God sees you. God will always see what you do for him and what you do in the quiet and what you do in the shadows. God sees it and knows it. And God honors obedience. Yes. But the Lord says to Samuel, of course, when he sees um, uh, one of the sons, he says, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. Mm. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Yes. Um, you know, people love to take this verse and, you know, twist it, but really it's truly just God sees David's heart. God knew that David was a man after God's own heart. God knew that David was a willing vessel for the Lord and knew that from all the time he spent with David. Yes. Versus with Saul, who really, his heart was too full of himself to even consider the Lord. Yes. And so... um they send for David finally because none of the seven sons were the Lord's chosen. So they finally send for him. Yep. And this is the first description we get of David. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. So they were really just hating. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, like, why wouldn't you want him to bring if he's good looking and stuff? Like, <laughs> it's not like he's some rugged man that's, you know, like hiding in the fields. <laughs> like, oh, that's just David. Yeah. It wasn't right. even like that. Like, he was fine. There was nothing wrong with him. Well, it does point out, like, it says one of the servants answered, I've seen a son of Jesse. Yeah. So what was, I mean, this could be a Pastor Mark question. Yeah, sure. Like, what <laughs> was it about David that they didn't want him? Maybe because they knew he would be picked and they didn't want him Yeah, there. it's true. I think. Like, do you really think he can stop God from? <laughs> <laughs> you think we wouldn't find him? It's kind of like in, like, we're just gonna take a quick detour. Yeah, it's kind of like in Cinderella, where yeah. like they lock her in the room, and she's obviously pretty. And she's obviously yeah, <laughs> like she's obviously the one he's looking for. Yeah. <laughs> and they really thought like locking her in the room was gonna work, yep. but no, the and Lord, the Lord it knows. Ain't gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> Oldest trick in the book. They should have read their Bibles. Okay. <laughs> so, long story short, David gets anointed. And the spirit of the Lord comes powerfully upon David. And um, Samuel then goes to Ramaha. So I'm sure you probably would think, if I was David, I would think, oh, I just got anointed king. So we're going to go in the car, right? Yeah. <laughs> like we're going to leave now, right? Nope. He leaves him there, leaves him back in the field, and he just waits. Samuel yep. just waits for God's next word. So here's the good part. I love this part. All right. And here's kind of what we were, we've been talking about for the last two weeks a little bit. All right, this is uh, 1 Samuel 16, verse 14. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Just 
the sentence. Here's what it tells me. There are two kinds of spirits. There are, well, not just two, but there are many kinds of spirits. The spirit of the Lord had departed, so God was no longer with Saul. We had already established that. The anointing had left. And an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Now, sometimes that rubs me the wrong way. Like, what do you mean an evil spirit from the Lord? I thought only Satan and, you know, but what we don't, what we kind of fail to realize is that God does give permission. There are protection. Nothing happens to you without permission, like nothing. And so, um, the, the verse continues and says, Saul's attendant said to him, see an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the liar. Is it liar? Yeah. To play the liar. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes on you and you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendants, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the liar. He's a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine looking man and the Lord is with him. So Saul sends messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son, David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse sends him, and David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. Whenever the spirit of God from God, sorry, whenever the spirit from God came on Saul, David would take up his lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul, and he would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. Hmm. What do you think about that? I just think it's, I guess, just weird. What's weird about it? That an instrument would make a spirit go away. Do you think that... I already know what I think. I'm just asking you. Yes. Do, you think, <laughs> do you think that music has an impact on like well, the kind of music you listen to? That it has an impact on your feelings, mm-hmm. on your spirit, oh, yeah. on your soul? Yes. I think that a lot of Christians play fast and loose with the things they listen to and the yeah. things they let in their home and the things they let minister to them yes. because the Bible clearly illustrates that music worship is powerful. It is. Even down to, and we won't get super into it, I'll save that for another podcast, but even down to the beats certain songs use are designed to influence your emotions, your thoughts, your spirit, your soul. Your spirit can either be calmed by music or it can be deeply unsettled. Certain spirits respond to certain music. So in this case with Saul, he had a tormenting spirit and the torment would only flee if David would play. And we were, we can probably assume David was playing hymns and playing worship music. So, um, we talked about torment, um, a little bit last week, but what I kind of wanted to touch on torment with this week was that, one, torment can be something that's invited, um, such as if it's due to the sin of unforgiveness. Yeah. And disobedience also invites torment. Right. And disobedience can be found in many ways. Yes. Disobedience to yourself, disobedience to your spirit, disobedience to your spouse, disobedience to God. It can be found everywhere and anywhere, and you may be, you may be tormented because you are living in disobedience. What in your life has not bowed down to God? What in your life has not bowed down to the spirit? What in your life has God asked you to remove or asked you to do and you refuse and you are just living in the disobedience and you're crying out, God, why is this happening to me? Why do I feel this way? And God's just like, 
I've told you what to do and you refuse to do it. I've given you my word. I've given you my Holy Spirit and you refuse to heed what I say. Therefore, I've allowed a spirit of torment to wash over you and to be over you. Yeah. Now, I love that. I love that God does not just leave us with no option. Now, of course, he was placing David within the kingdom because he knew that this was going to be David's home. Like he knew that David had to be there somehow. But I like that God provided relief for Saul Mm -hmm. in the form of, you know, his successor. But (laughs) he still provided relief from the tormenting spirit. Like God is not without compassion. God is not without mercy. He will give you a way out. However, disobedience has consequences. I feel like people love to kind of just not blame the devil, but people love to think that, oh, conviction is something I don't really need, or I haven't felt convicted about that, or that's not something that I really feel called to be convicted about. When in reality, okay, well, consequence and conviction are they're they're one and the same. You can't have one without the other. If you're going to sin, if you're going to be in disobedience, if you're going to be in unforgiveness, if you're going to be in any other type of sin, if you are a willing participant of that sin, if you are willingly not repenting, willingly not turning away, then yes, you are open to consequence. Sin has a consequence. Yeah. Our ultimate debt has been paid. However, there are still consequences to yeah. what we do, what we listen to, what we don't do. Yes. So it's not even in a legalistic way. It's not even in a religious way. It's just how God operates. Yeah. And God is very, very clear. Yes, he is. So that's, that's, that's how Saul gets anointed. That's yes. how Saul loses his anointing. This is how David comes up. And this is only, you know, a small little chapter of David's story that we, right. you know, ventured out. And this isn't even talking about giants. We no. have, like, this is, <laughs> this is just the tiniest little portion. David's king for a really long time. People lived for a really long time back yes. then. And so, it was a good, good brain. <laughs> yes, it is. So, so good. So I hope, I hope something blessed you with that. I hope you guys, um, we're able are able to kind of think on that. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say? Anything else you wanted to close with? Mm, I did have a thought, but now it ran away. Oh no. Let me try to get it back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was about disobedience. Yes. And consequences. Yes. Oh, it was about like when people say once saved, always saved type thing. Yeah. Yes, your salvation never goes away mm-hmm. when you turn to Christ. But he still calls you to yeah. live holy. And obviously we're going to sin. Obviously all these things. But like you were saying, if you're unwillingly going back to these things, mm-hmm. God's going to let you be handed over to the world. Yeah, that's and so good. I believe that when that seed is planted in your heart and you turn away from him, it, that seed never goes away. Yeah. Like there's always, un- unless you have fully like denounced Christ, mm-hmm. there's always that like itching in the back of your head like, Mm-hmm. I know this is wrong somehow, right. you know, yeah. and I do believe that whether it takes two years, five years, 30 years, that person or at their deathbed, they will come back to Christ. Yeah. I do believe that for sure. But there is, a, it, there is clearly, if you are consistently choosing something other than Christ, he's going to let you mm-hmm. make that choice. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to force you to love him. Yeah. And so just obey. Even delayed obedience is, is disobedience. Yeah. Say it one more time. Even delayed <laughs> d- obedience is disobedience. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. It's just obey the first time. Yeah. 
and continue to obey and continue to choose God, continue to choose Jesus, continue to choose the word, yes. continue to read your Bible so that you know what you're choosing because the Lord speaks. Yes. Um, something about David's story that I love is he is constantly asking God, what do you think about this? Should I go do this? Should I go attack these people? Should I go um, take this? Should I take this woman as my wife? Like that appears everywhere in David's story. Yeah. He's constantly asking God, what do you want me to do and how can I do it? And that's one of the differences between him and Saul. Now, of course, David was not perfect. We all know this. But for the most part, God still calls him, you know, a man after my own heart because he truly sought after God, after his will, and did not do his own will, unlike Saul, who disobeyed. And that yeah. was the reason Saul could not be king yeah. anymore because of his disobedience. Yes, absolutely. So good, you guys. Seriously, go check out that story. And while you're checking out um, the story of Saul and David, um, we also have realized that we have never really talked about this, but we have an Instagram page, you guys. Yes, and <laughs> how to find the podcast. Yes, you know. and how to find the podcast. Now, I assume if you're listening to the you podcast, know you know how, <laughs> but just in case you're a first-time listener... <laughs> It's on other platforms. It's on other platforms. Um, what platforms do we have it on? We have Spotify, Google, working on Apple. Yes. It's kind of being weird, but I'm trying to get it on there. But yes. for sure, Spotify and Google. Yes, and for sure. if you go directly to what we posted on, it's called like trans, Transliter or something. Mm -hmm. So you can also get it there. Yes. And so we're working on Apple. We're working on all that. But it is definitely on Spotify. It's definitely on Google. And our Instagram name is Bible Reading Project. Yes. That's and if it. you search it on Spotify, someone told us to let y'all know. Bible Reading Podcast Believers, Believers Church. Church. Yes. So it's like... A black circle with a Bible in it and a green B with a yes. cross. Spell, yes, spell it out for them. That's what it looks like. Yes. So um, go follow us. We post every Wednesday um, about the new podcast, about updates. Um, it, it's cute. It's fun. You'll get to see what we do, you know, um, and you get to uh, be on track with updates. Um, sometimes life just happens and we have to skip a week. So if that happens, you'll know by following yeah. on social media. Yes. So we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. We seriously have so much fun doing this. Like this is such a joy. I love getting to read the Bible. I love getting to dig into it. It's really fun. It's really enjoyable. We hope you guys are blessed by it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to go ahead and close this out in prayer yes. and we'll see you guys next week. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for allowing us to not, not be alone regarding obedience, but for sending your Holy Spirit to help guide us and nurture us and to do your will, Father. I pray that everyone listening just has a blessed week and that we will just continue to read our Bibles every day, zero excuse, and that you just continue to pour out your blessings and love upon us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Alrighty. Bye.